Ave Maria Prisma, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the feast of St. Josephat, Ruthenian uh, bishop and martyr. He's born, I think, in 1580. It's, where he's born, I think, is now part of the Ukraine. And at the time, the Ruthenian uh, people were still in schism. They were under Moscow. And, uh, and uh, but when, he was about, when he was a young boy, his mother was talking to him about the Passion of Christ and uh, from a, a holy icon of our Lord, there was a, a, like a dart that came out, a spiritual dart, went to his heart and wounded his heart and, and filled it with some kind of spiritual flame. When he's 16 then, the Ruthenian uh, bishops signed the Treaty of Brest. So they recognized the Council of Florence and they came under the Holy See. And that split the Ruthenians. And there's one reason it split, not just so schism, let's be clear, schism, is a mortal sin not against the faith, it's a mortal sin against charity. Because you're refusing to be in communion with other people. They're in communion with Christ, they're in communion with the Holy Father. And so it's a mortal sin against charity. But there's strong motivations after a while in schism to not come back in union because things always start falling apart. And what happened on the Orthodox side of the world, and it's still going on, it's, and in fact it's going on now on our side of the world, which is just unbelievable, is uh, that they started permitting more than one marriage. So you could be uh, a serial polygamist. You, you get your first marriage uh, in the orthodoxy, it's up at the altar. The second one is a penitential marriage down the aisle wearing violet. I don't know what a third one is, in a graveyard? I mean, I don't know how it works. But the point is, is you get to keep trading your wife in on a new model. Well, if you're in that situation, it's gonna be hard to humble yourself and say, wow, this, this really isn't my spouse and come back in union with Rome. And, and so th th that's part of the thing that's oftentimes left out of like, what was the motivation for some people to come in and others not? It's always a grace to come in, but uh, some of them can resist that, even though they recognize it's the right thing. So he's 16, he does that. When he's in his early 20s, he works as a tradesman for a while. When he's in his early 20s, he becomes a monk, Order of St. Basil. Then he becomes an Archimandrite, which is like an abbot. In the, in the, on the Greek side of the church. And uh, then he ends up kind of against his will uh, becoming an, arch, uh, an archbishop. And so another, uh, on the Moscow side of things, there's another man appointed archbishop of the same see. So you have two guys, one's Catholic, one's Orthodox, claiming the, 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 the same area and the same people. And they're stirring up all this uh, antagonism towards him and whatnot. He comes to visit, this is Belarus, I can't, uh, Belarus rather, I, I can't think of the name of the, uh, of the town, but it's, it's not that important for, uh, for Verino. And he comes to visit him, and there's a priest, this priest that's really stirring up the people, this Orthodox priest, you know, about the, this terrible uh, Archbishop Josephat. Anyway, he comes out and he tells him, look, you know, what's, what's wrong, my children? I would, I'm prepared to give down my life for union with, with St. Peter and the Holy See. And that was prophetic because it wasn't, it wasn't very long, much later that he did. The people threw a fit. There was kind of a riot. They break into the, the place where he's staying and, and start attacking him, pull him. He's, he'd, he'd said matins and he was getting prepared for the divine liturgy and they start hitting him with a stick and then a halberd. You know, that's one of those war axes like you see the, the Swiss guard have. And they, they chop him in the head and, and, and shoot him with a pistol. Then they drag him naked through the streets and all that, tie rocks to him and throw him in the river. So he's in the river, but uh, 
there's this glow coming up. You know, after 12 days, they pull him up because his whole body is glowing and all that. He's in perfect condition even after being in the river for 12 days. His first miracle, by the way, is all the people, his murderers convert, become Catholic. But uh, over the years, his body was moved ahead of the Soviets, basically, and it landed in St. Peter's. He's still incorrupt. If you ever go to St. Peter's, he's, at, he's in the altar of St. Basil the Great, and that is on the epistle side. And it's right, if you want to go here, yeah, they got things closed off in St. Peter's now, so there's a, a gate, you can't walk directly to it, but if you want to go to confession, you can ask to go to confession. And, and then on your way, it's right on the left as you're going through that gate, and it'd be right on your right as you're coming back out if you go to confession, he's laying there. And that's him, incorrupt, laying right there under the altar. They don't have a little sign saying incorrupt, but that's actually him laying there in his pontifical vestments, incorrupt. So anyway, that's just a little bit about St. Jehoshaphat, a bishop and a martyr for union with the Holy See. It can be hard to stand union with the Holy See. We have to pray because it's a grace. We have to pray to stay in union. That doesn't mean we approve of everything they're doing up there. You couldn't possibly do that and be a faithful Catholic. But we have to pray. He'd be a good saint to pray to that we stay in union and those that aren't come back in.